So, seeing that it's uh, it's about that time, we're going to hand it off down the hall to Gray Matters after this brief message. Keep it locked. WCBN FM Ann Arbor. WWCBN Org WWCBN Org Visit us at www.wcbn.org and listen to us via streaming MP3 or QuickTime. Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And we don't have any melting butter cows in the studio this afternoon, but I guess Donald Trump didn't make it to the butter cow in the uh, Iowa State Fair. Wanted to stay in that air-conditioned helicopter and keep the media circus going. We finally get a media pronouncement from the man. And what does he propose? A great wall that Mexico is going to pay for. Right, yeah, that will make Mexicans pay for. Um, of course, this is red meat for the anti-immigrant crowd. But uh, let's face it, most of us are aware of the reality that the economic structure of the agro-business sector of the American economy uh, rides heavily on the backs of undocumented workers. Mm-hmm. And uh, your lettuce and fruits and produce and so forth wouldn't be the price that they are if it weren't for uh, the exploitation of undocumented aliens. So let's see what the business world actually thinks about such a proposal. Uh, of course, Donald Trump posturing's the game. Yeah, and uh, maybe butter cow is a good nick- not- nickname for the man. <laughs> Well, comb over, of course, is the secret. Uh, that'll, if, should he gain elected office and the Secret Service is uh, giving him a secret name, uh, comb over is probably going to be it. Comb over will probably be it. And uh, obviously he has sort of weathered the recent storm over his uh, sort of offensive comments. Uh, it's uh, in- that was that was. That was always going to go away in about a week anyway. There was nothing else to talk about. Right, right. Nothing else to talk about. And, of course, he made excuses, rationalizations, etc. But it's fascinating that uh, the report last week was that Roger Ailes and Donald Trump had a powwow. And Roger Ailes promised to be fairer and nicer to Donald Trump. So their new motto will be fairer and more balanceder. (laughs) <laughs> to Donald Trump. And of course, right. uh, <laughs> uh, remarkable stuff. Uh, we don't need to, uh, I guess, beat the dead horse of Todd Corser and <laughs> Cindy Gamrat, but. Uh, well, maybe a little. This is turning into a, a gong show all of its, all of its own. Uh, what exactly is a hazardous waste warehouse, anyway? <laughs> China has been in the news. Uh, Big time over the last several weeks. Uh, Originally, for economic reasons, uh, the stock market uh, has been a little tumultuous. Important to realize that it had gone up 100% in the last year, so 
the 30% correction is not uh, the end of the world. Of course, they publicly announced last week that they would be adjusting their currency by a whopping 2%. But uh, this uh, explosion in China, in this port city, remarkable stuff, apparently visible from outer space. Um, but what is a hazardous waste warehouse? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, what's the concept a, behind it? It's uh, it's an unfortunate circumstance. I mean, it sounds like, uh, so, you know, sometimes these things, uh, like, for example, when, when Western products are marketed in China, the translation of marketing slogans and so forth comes out all wrong. So maybe warehouse isn't really the word uh, that we're looking at here. But, uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> these are things that are supposed to be taken care of immediately, properly, not warehoused until yeah. such a time where you can... We'll get to those later. Yeah, apparently uh, storing uh, something like 10 times the uh, the limit, uh, sodium cyanide. Scary stuff, but a classic example of uh, the fact that China is really more of a, as Paul Krugman has pointed out, more of a crony capitalism situation. Yeah than uh, anything, and of course... Yeah, that's Robert Barron-style uh, environmental devastation from the economic sector. The other aspect of China being in the news recently is sort of related to the 70th anniversaries of Nagasaki and Hiroshima, as well as the, the uh, 70th anniversary of the official surrender of Japan. Um, there's been a big controversy in Japan, by the way, over the last uh, several months regarding Prime Minister Abe's desire to do away with Article 9. Uh, the nationalist um, Japanese movement is proposing a uh, much more aggressive militaristic policy and sort of scuttling Article 9, which was uh, written into the uh, Japanese constitution following World War II. And uh, kind of nice to see the Japanese uh, protesting uh, these proposals by Prime Minister hmm. Abe. Uh, definitely have to give out a brain damage award to Ben Carson. Um, it's always never a good idea if you're a presidential candidate to start talking about a subject you know little about. Apparently his comments about Margaret Sanger, he's you know trying to ride the... Planned Parenthood nonsense. Um, Bobby Jindal. <laughs> he could have been a contender. <laughs> Is he in last place? Can't, I can't remember whether he's in last place or it's or, or whether it's Pataki. Uh, <laughs> uh, You'll get the paper plate prize. Yeah, they uh, finished uh, last in the straw poll. <laughs> All they produced was straw. Uh, didn't even make it. Uh, but Margaret Sanger, uh, of course, is a very famous advocate for uh, women's reproductive rights. And to go into a kind of strange, uh, confused uh, discussion of eugenics and racism that apparently were pretty much all wrong, uh, demonstrates the, the use of this issue that's just become sort of demagoguery, to say the least. And uh, 
I support Planned Parenthood 100%. I don't think it should be defunded at all. I don't think there should be hearings about it. Of course, it's been in the news recently because of these sting, video sting operations. People posing as people that they're not (laughs) to get uh, comments that can appear to be insensitive. We don't know if the videos have been doctored, that sort of thing. Um, Well, and the demagoguery misrepresents the actual agenda of Planned Parenthood uh, by claiming bizarrely that uh, they make abortion into a form of birth control, uh, which, of course, is not at all the mission of Planned Parenthood. Uh, The key is right there in the phrase, Planned Parenthood. Yeah. They, They do many things to uh, counsel and advise, to give uh, education and information. Um, It's an avenue through which women get information. And And to want to shut that down. And, of course, Planned Parenthood uh, and Margaret Sanger in particular was interested in protecting women's lives from botched abortions. Precisely. I mean, you can make an argument that abortion is Planned Parenthood. (laughs) It's uh, women uh, not wanting to uh, drop out of college to have a baby. And it's their right. And I think that the government should simply stay out of the business of uh, this whole issue. And, of course, this is red meat uh, in a political season. But uh, I don't uh, I don't know that this is really going to work. Uh, in the long run, this may energize the base. Not for a party that needs to get as many women voters as possible and women of color, particularly. And interesting, by the way, to see that the butter cow, Donald Trump, uh, actually is supporting Planned Parenthood as a concept. He's apparently even donated money in the past. Uh, this, of course, dooms his nomination in the long run within the Republican Party. But we'll see what happens. Then we have a foreign policy speech by Jeb Bush, where he was talking about this has become a myth uh, within the Republican Party about the surge. Oh, right, that the uh, mission actually was accomplished? Yeah, there was a mission accomplished. The surge worked. Uh, Military experts differ, of course, but uh, most... And I pointed this out even when it happened. There really wasn't much of a surge. Uh, The United States did increase the number of troops it had on the ground, but it was by and large replacing coalition forces. Go back, look up the numbers, look at the chronology. There was a slight increase in actual troops on the ground. That's what you call ledger domain. Yeah. and Trickery and falsery. Most of it was... Outright bribery. Yeah. And the bribery for, the books. for a time. But let's also remember that the chronology that uh, Jeb Bush is suggesting is factually incorrect. There was a status forces agreement that his brother negotiated. This is not all on the Obama administration. These were actually diplomatic negotiations that were go- ongoing for many, several years between former Prime Minister Maliki and the American government. So this has nothing to do with uh, the fact that we withdrew from Iraq too soon. Of course, the reality is 
we never should have gone in to begin with. Uh, to quote Daniel Bolger from an, uh, November 11th, um, 2014 editorial, he's the author of Why We Lost, a re uh, retired from the United States Army last year as a lieutenant general. Uh, he And, of course, 11-11 is Veterans Day, so that's why this was uh, an editorial at the time. He points out, he writes, here's a legend that's going around these days. In 2003, the United States invaded Iraq and toppled a dictator. We botched the follow-through. And then a vicious insurgency erupted. Four years later, we surged in fresh troops, adopted improved counterinsurgency tactics, and won the war. <laughs> and then dithering American politicians squandered the gains. It's a compelling story. But it's just that, a story. Yeah, what gains? <laughs> there were no gains. Right, and of course the surge, so to speak, was a slight modification in the uh, policy following the resignation of Donald Rumsfeld or the firing of Donald Rumsfeld. We don't, we've never been clear about which it really was. He was the scapegoat, the fall guy following uh, Republican defeats in the 2006 congressional elections. If you'll recall, Bush asked for his resignation shortly after the defeat. Uh, there have been rumors that it might happen regardless. But um, this war was doomed from the beginning, and, of course, we're still seeing the horrible impact of this uh, terrible decision uh, that the vast majority of the Republican Party supported. So it's remarkable that now a new myth has been created uh, that uh, Obama somehow lost Iraq. Uh, Maliki is the one, by the way, for the historical record, that insisted that we leave. Uh, he obviously had his own reasons for that. And uh, it's the precise area. There were some gains in some of the cities in the so-called Sunni region of Iraq that uh, improved a bit under the so-called surge. But it was more money, cold, hard cash, being spread around in the tribal, amongst the tribal uh, chieftains, so to speak, leaders that led to some quiescence in the Sunni region of Iraq at the time. It was not on the ground, uh, successful, you know, clear build and hold, I think is the famous Condoleezza Rice yeah. euphemism. <clears throat> That's what we'll do, by golly. We'll put up a stage and make a curtain and we'll put on a show right in the backyard. But uh, I guess it's, a little unfair to say that there were absolutely no gains because it's an ill wind that blows no one any favor. Of course, the Kurds and uh, Iran were the benefactors from our misadventure in Iraq. And, of course, we've seen, speaking of getting back to the immigration issue here in the United States, uh, the tragic uh, results of this regional chaos, the migration problem in uh, the Mediterranean mm -hmm. uh, see with all all of these migrants uh, either drowning or making it uh, to uh, rather poorly uh, supplied, uh, re I guess you could just call them refugee camps, 
there are all these miscellaneous item aisles now in the Mediterranean where people are landing, but there's not much uh, that can really be uh, well done to alleviate this problem. Cash-strapped Italy has done much of the uh, rescue work uh, in the Mediterranean for these people who are trying to uh, flee the chaos of the Mideast uh, and North Africa on boats. Uh, now they're hitting Greece, which, of course, is even less well-equipped. But I, I predict that Jeb Bush is not going to be able to shake these questions about the Iraq War and his brother's you know, responsibility for it. Um, I think they're going to dog him all the way along. Though I think other than Rand Paul, I, I don't know that his opponents are going to bring this up much. Um, Jeb Bush continues to sort of rank second in this uh, strange Republican field. Uh, and as I predicted, I think Scott Walker has gone down, mm -hmm. though he still apparently leads in Iowa slightly. And John Kasich has gone up a bit. So uh, there, there have been some minor adjustments in the second tier of uh, Republican candidates. But uh, Donald Trump is sort of sucking up all the oxygen in the room. And let's remember, too, it's it's like a year and a half yeah. almost away. I mean, not quite a year and a half, but almost. That's that's a long ways away. But, of course, what's what's making it for Donald Trump is this, quote-unquote, celebrity status and the frequent quote that keeps appearing in the media. He tells it like it is. He's not like other politicians. He's... You know, he's unguarded, and we like that. And, of course, this is a small segment of the, uh, of the electorate, uh, so it's, it's been exaggerated, I would say, by the media. Well, and that actually touches on something I wanted to bring up in relation to uh, the uh, Courser and, uh, what's her name, G G Gamrat? Cindy, Ga Cindy Gamrat. Wallace and Gromit there with their weird sex tryst. Um, and Trump is part of the manifestation of this phenomena, too. But, I mean, let's face it, politicians are, are often a fairly easy target for abuse. They're sometimes corrupt, and when politicians are corrupt, it's some of the worst corruption there is. And sometimes politicians are stupid. Sometimes they're liars. They often have bad hair. But with things like term limits and constant berating of the very concept of being a politician... I wonder if we've thrown the idea of a career in public service sort of under the bus. Um, yeah, and it's interesting, by the way, in the passing of Julian Bond. It's another reason to, that I bring yeah, this up. He, he was, a at the end of the day, a public servant. Um, of course, he made a <clears throat> famous uh, foray into national politics at the Democratic Convention in 1968. <laughs> he was actually nominated for vice president. Uh, in the chaotic uh, Chicago convention. But it was the fact that he, just by virtue of opposing the Vietnam War, yes, exactly. uh, that the Georgia state legislature refused to seat him. <laughs> this is incredible. Right. And as a reminder, by the way, of the real issue involving civil rights today. Well, and he was serving his constituency who had those beliefs as well. He got into office. Uh, I don't think there's any mystery about this because of the Voting Rights Act. Mm -hmm. uh, there was there was strict enforcement of the Voting Rights Act. 
And the Voting Rights Act, is, uh, as we pointed out last week, is under assault all over the country. Uh, this rather absurd claim that there's widespread voter fraud going on in which uh, voter IDs are capriciously used to uh, purge the rolls, make it more difficult for people to vote, um, is part of the whole state-by-state strategy of the GOP. There's no secret that ALEC, the American Legislative Executive Committee, um, has been working aggressively on this whole concept in half the states in America. Uh, Julian Bond, of course, would be appalled and was appalled. Right. And it's great that he remained a public servant throughout his career. Well, you know, the right wing and the business class often say that the uh, the business model is the answer, that government can't solve these problems or that schools can't work, that maybe we need a business model to uh, bring solutions there. But, I mean, that flies in the face of the very premise of our system of elected representation. I mean, you have to have some degree of trust that the people you elect will actually be public servants. I mean, these coarser and camera types are not really even at the end of the day, politicians. They're scam artists and weasels. Uh, And term limits are such that they don't really have to prove very much. Uh, They go there and make a name for themselves and do donuts in the parking lot of legislature, metaphorically speaking. Um, And when they're done, they move on to something else. But uh, there are actually individuals who uh, would like to pursue a career in public service uh, with the public interest and not personal aggrandizement as the you know long-term goal. Donald Trump, of course, it's all about the Donald. Um, he doesn't really have any answers or solutions to anything. It's just, ah, this is what a businessman would do. There was some flurry of uh, excitement. Remember when Lee Iacocca was going to run for president? Oh, People yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he should run for president. He, he got Chrysler, uh, you know, fixed right away. It's like, well, no, that was public money that got Chrysler balanced out. Um that was not anything particularly special on Iacocca's part. Though but, he did come up with the minivan. That was Well, his. <laughs> okay, but but I mean if we had term limits we would fan. never have had uh the long and uh honorable uh, career of uh, Senator Carl Levin or our congressional representative John Dingles had a long uh very useful career in public service. So there are people who really want to be public servants. It's I think unfortunate that these weasels have just discredited the entire concept of uh, that as a career. And, of course, you know, my, my own sort of position on this, besides all the, you know, the humor, the humor of it, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely... Well, we've got to take that. <laughs> it's, that's, it's just, it's out of a, out, out of, out of a farce. You know, it's, it's Karl Marx all over yeah. again. If History made... re- repeated as, starts out first as, 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 when it repeats itself, is repeated first as tragedy, then as farce. This is a farce. Uh, Courser is committing a farce. Um, he's there have been calls in some circles for his resignation. Uh, I don't really care that much about the adultery, but the concocted email aspect of this scandal is so ludicrous. It's, I mean, there's nothing else that can be said about this guy. He's dim. <laughs> He deserves to be bounced out of Congress. Well, he's dim and he's very vain, and he's yeah. also one of those people who is a what I call a nominal Christian. I mean, 
in the uh, Sunday Free Press. They uh, God's been very busy with him. Oh, lately. indeed, he has. They, There's been a lot of consultations. <laughs> they mentioned uh, in uh, Sunday's Free Press on Saturday, Courser released a 1,900-word scripture-laden confessional on his Facebook page. Don't you wish you were friends with him? You could see that. Uh, saying, quote, he's the poster boy for those who would say Christians are failures, quote, close quote. He adds that he's been, quote, shown to be a hypocrite, but that his actions shouldn't reflect poorly on God. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Sin of pride. Sin of pride. <laughs> uh, God has nothing to do with your paltry doings, dude. Yeah, and, and didn't he get the news? A scientist just a couple of... Uh, Days ago, discovered that the universe is is dying. That that it will be history for all of us in eight billion years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that we that we are our universe is dying and it's collapsing. And God, who created the universe presumably, has been very busy with Todd Corser the yeah, last was... several days. Every reference and posting and press conference he's had, I was just getting. He keeps to... talking about all the consultations he's been having with God, and I kept wondering. Is Abraham far behind? Right, yeah. I uh, I was just about ready to start believing in God, but I don't know. Now that uh, I see Corsair's one of his guys, I, maybe not. I... <laughs> no. He's needs he's, to go to the mountaintop. And... These people jump off. These people are not Christians. They don't even know the basic tenets of the faith. Yeah. and Just humility and service, public service to the meek and the poor. The meek and the poor. That's Christianity. And, of course, his abuse of the term liberty. This, of course, was as part of his uh, crusade and has been part of his crusade <laughs> while, as a, while a member of the, of the state legislature. He keeps talking about what he's doing on behalf of liberty for the voters of Michigan. Um, he, he's, <laughs> this guy needs professional help at this point. I think probably. <laughs> I, I, you know, the... Concocting an email, a fake email, <laughs> I mean, a fake email involving bisexuality to cover up an adulterous affair. I mean, the game plan is... Let's make up a crazy story that's like way crazy, and then when the other story that's that's kind of un, you know, comfortable but not too crazy uh, leaks out, then everybody will just go, oh, that's another story, like that one crazy story. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Mandrake... I think it's time to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah, and uh, meanwhile, we've been uh, informed that uh, Hillary Clinton has two emails out of 50,000 that she must be concerned about. Apparently, there haven't actually been any classified emails either sent or received uh, in this ongoing email drip, drip, drip scandal. But apparently two of the emails that Clinton received were later deemed to should have been classified. So I'm a little unclear what the scandal is. I keep waiting for that uh, breaking story to be investigated by Congress. Uh, the server has been turned over to the Justice Department. I suspect that Hillary Clinton's emails are are going to prove not to be quite as interesting reading as the ruminations of Todd Corser. <laughs> uh, he's got an email problem. <laughs> That's the real email problem in America. Not Hillary Clinton, 
Todd Corser. <laughs> well, I wonder if he's, uh, what was that uh, group, the uh, Adulterous Affairs group uh, that uh, was, so hackers were going to out all the people who had participated in the, uh, forgetting the name of it now, the, uh, you want to have an adulterous affair? Here's a bunch of other people who do. Oh, Ashley Madison. Ashley Madison. I wonder if Corser and... Uh... Maybe that's how the whole thing broke. <laughs> well, no, apparently they had it arranged so that they actually shared the same office, even though their districts are not... Uh... Adjacent? Adjacent. Offices adjacent, but districts not adjacent. Sounds interesting to me. By the way, an analysis of drinking water, this courtesy of the... Uh... New York Times, uh, 5th of May, uh, article by Nicholas Saint-Fleur. This is an analysis of drinking water sampled from three homes in Bradford County, Pennsylvania, revealed traces of a compound commonly found in the Marcellus Shale drilling fluids, according to a study published Monday. Uh, this was uh, in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Scientists in which they've detected these chemicals. Of course, there's been a big story all week about uh, this gold mine uh, spill out in uh, New Mexico, you know, on the river, mm. uh, the Gold River. Uh, you'll hear of some people blame the EPA for this entire thing. Well, yes, the EPA, it turns out, hired some contractors that release this uh, water, this toxic water, uh, from an abandoned gold mine, uh, a corporation long since defunct. Interesting to actually hear that the this gold mine has been leaking water for many, many years, according to eyewitnesses, people that live in the area that have had their businesses affected by this gold river. So if uh, Donald Trump wants to... Uh, build the Great Wall of America on the Rio Grande, uh, America, I guess, now can look forward to different versions of the Yellow River <laughs> here in uh, the United States from all these abandoned mines out west. We're hearing more and more about this uh, from this uh, tragic example of a leak. Well, gee, remember back in the days when things looked like we might be headed in a different direction for a future, when the Cold War was over and there was this phrase called the peace dividend that was kicking around. And then, of course, the military-industrial complex whipped up the uh, bogeyman of uh, Islamic fundamentalism and helped whip it up a bit, too. Uh, we were going to use all that money for the super fund projects. How many unresolved super fund uh you know, ecological disasters are still waiting to be uh, cleaned up. Quite a few. Well, anyway, uh, just to let you know, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. Uh, it's according to our reliable engineer, uh, Andrew. Uh, here's an interesting item from Harper's Index from uh, September 2014. Number of tank cars of crude oil transported by United States Railroads in 2008, 9,500. In 2013, 400,000. That's, uh, wow. that's, that's the fracking business for yep. you. And uh, I don't know, you know, I think that uh, Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo of New York, made a wise decision in absolutely prohibiting fracking in the state of New York. He basically protected water 
over the interests of the petrochemical slash fossil fuel industry. Uh, to paraphrase W.H. Auden, many people have lived 